Well, I want to begin uh, also by welcoming you here today. Uh, if we have not met, my name is David and I serve as a senior pastor here. And uh, I want to thank you for giving me the chance uh, to share with you. If you have your Bible with you today, I want to encourage you to turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 11 is where we're going to be. Luke chapter 11. If you didn't bring your Bible with you, you can find Luke chapter 11 on page 1616 uh, in the blue Bibles that we have available for you in all of our worship spaces uh, here today. Uh, we are beginning a brand new series uh, called Talking with God. Over the next six weeks, we're going to be looking at the mystery and the common misunderstandings uh, about prayer. And our goal for the next six weeks, when we come to the end of this journey, is that every person in our church would feel more confident and more capable talking with God. That's our goal, uh, that you would experience growth in your confidence uh, and in your, your feeling of being capable talking with God as we work through the course of this series, as well as the, the video curriculum we've put together for our small groups and all of our classes. So I want to begin that journey first, though, by sharing with you a couple of assumptions that I am bringing to this entire series. Here's the first one. First assumption is that everyone believes in prayer. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. I've worked as a pastor for 17 years, and over the course of 17 years, I've said a few prayers, okay? I've said a few prayers in public worship. I've said some prayers at bedsides. I've, I've shared prayers with, with individuals in moments of celebration. I've shared prayers with people in moments of sorrow. I have no idea how many times I have prayed, but one of the things that a pastor says over and over again in situations where we're visiting with someone in the hospital or, or whatever need they may have in their life, we often ask this question, can I pray for you? And in 17 years, no one's ever said no. No one's ever said, no, I'm not sure, I don't, not, don't do that, please, that, don't. No, no, please don't, don't pray for me. No one has ever said no to the question, can I pray for you? Now, you may think, well, that's, that's because you're a pastor and you're going to see, you know, pastor-type people. You're just spending all your time with Christians. So, of course, Christians are going to say uh, yes to the question, can I pray for you? But let me just remind you of this quote that I, I know you've heard before. Uh, there are no atheists in foxholes. Have you ever heard that quote before? I, I don't know who said it, but it was from World War II era. Uh, the idea that, that when it comes to the time in our life where we find ourselves in trouble and in need, we never say no to the question. When someone says, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Uh, several years ago, I was here early on, on Saturday evening. It was actually a, a kind of middle of the afternoon. And a, and a young man walked in. Uh, he, was, he was here, didn't expect to find anybody at the church. He just kind of wandered in. And he was here because his grandfather was dying. Uh, he'd come in from out of town. He, he didn't know what to do with himself. His, his, his granddad was on hospice at, at, his, at his home. Uh, and so he came here because he knew that this was his grandfather's church and he wanted to be somewhere besides the house that would remind him of his grandfather. Again, it's Saturday afternoon. He's probably not expecting to see anybody. He just kind of wanders uh, into the building and I meet him and talk with him for a little bit. And I asked him that question uh, as he shared with me what was going on. And he talked about his grandfather. I asked him the question, can I pray for you? And he didn't say no, but this is what he said. He said, I've never done that before and I don't really know how. And I said, well, that's okay because I have done it before and I will do all the work and all you have to do, 
while I'm praying is I, I just want you to think about your granddad. I want you to think about how much you love him as I pray for you and I pray, pray for him. No one ever says no. Everyone believes in prayer. Those moments when we don't know what else to do, when trouble comes in our life, we, we ask for prayers when someone asks the question, can I pray for you? Everyone always, everyone always says yes. But here's the second idea, that there is never a fight over who gets to pray. Now in the church, here, here's the truth, in the church, people find themselves fighting over lots of really silly things. But no one ever fights over who gets to pray. Uh, some of you may remember the story uh, that our former senior pastor, Mike, used to share about his very first day in ministry. He showed up uh, to be the pastor of the small church in Bangs, Texas. And one of the very first things he did in his official role as a pastor was to go to the home of Brother John to try to talk him out of burning the pulpit that he had built for the church because he was mad that the old pastor got moved and wasn't there anymore. The very first thing he did was to talk someone out of burning this handmade pulpit that he made for the church. See, see, church people, we fight about all sorts of things. I could tell you more stories, but you're probably in them. So I can't tell you those stories. You wouldn't think they're funny. We fight about all sorts of things, but we never fight over who gets to pray. We never fight over who gets to pray, but wouldn't it be interesting if we, I mean, wouldn't it be funny if we did fight over who gets to pray? I mean, parents, can you imagine if dinner devolved into a wrestling match over who got to pray before the meal? Or can you imagine showing up to church next week and, and you see one of the pastors or one of the worship leaders and they have a black eye because there was a fist fight over who was going to pray at the beginning of the staff meeting? We don't fight over this. Instead, when you say who would like to pray, the only person, the only thing that's, that speaks up are the crickets, right? It's like, oh, who's going to pray? And if you're the pastor in the room, this is what it's like every single time. When you're the pastor in the room, there's this moment where no one looks at anyone, and then everyone looks at you. Like, are you going to save us? Are you going to, you? There's never, there's never a fight over who gets to pray. And I know that, that public, out loud, that's a little bit different, but it does, I think, speak to how we feel about our confidence and how capable we are in this category of our life, this, this place in our faith life that we know is really important, but we, we may just really struggle with being confident and, and, and knowing how to do it. So here's where I want us to start. I want us to all get on the same page as we begin this journey. Next six weeks, I want to begin with this idea. It is okay to need help. Okay? Can, can, it, is, it is okay. It's okay to need, need help. I, here's what I'd like you to do if you, if, if you would just help me out here. If, if you would just turn to the person next to you, and would you tell them it's okay to need help? Would you just tell them that and say it's okay to need help? Uh, would, you, would you tell them this? Would you turn to that person and also say, I need help. Say that to the person next to you. And, and, and let's wrap that up. If you'll just say to the same person, the person who just said that to you, if you just say, I know you do. Just say that to them, I know you do. It is okay to need help. Uh, and since I know some of you find that really hard to believe. I mean, there's a party that's like, I don't know about that. 
I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure it's okay to need help. Let, let me just prove it to you, okay? So we're gonna, I'm going to prove it to you uh, by showing you this encounter uh, that Jesus has, the conversation Jesus has with his disciples in Luke chapter 11. So verse 1 says this, one day Jesus was praying, because that's what Jesus did. He spent a lot of time praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Now, let me just remind you up front who these disciples are. I want you to remember uh, who they are, and we're going to start with the obvious. These were men who had prayed before, okay? This isn't something that Jesus invented and brought into the world, okay? It isn't like they were like, what are you doing out of your book? What is this? They had prayed before. This was a group, this was a, a, a collection of men that was kind of a ragtag group. I mean, there were some who had a little bit of questionable character. You kind of see some of their quirks as you move throughout the story. But these were men who had immediately done what many of us would spend months trying to convince ourselves to do. They'd left everything behind to follow Jesus. They left everything behind in a moment to follow Jesus. These were, these were men who were religious. They, they, were, uh, they were individuals who, who had practiced prayer in their own life. These were, these were individuals who were hungry to be a part of what, was God, what God was doing in the world, which is why they said goodbye and decided to follow Jesus. And yet these men had the courage to say to Jesus, I need help. We need help. Would you teach us, would you teach us how to pray? There's something about this practice in your life. We see it. We see what it means to you. We see, we see when you go off to pray and we, we, we engage with you when you return. And we want to know how you pray. Would you teach us to pray? They had the courage to say, I need help. And, and I risk belaboring this point because over the next six weeks, that may be the most important thing for some of you to hear. That it's okay to say, I need help. Because maybe you're in a place in your life where you need help. And, and while you would be the first person to raise your hand, to show up, to do whatever was needed to be done for someone in your life who came to you and said, I need help, there is still that thing in your mind that says, it's okay for everyone else, but it's not okay for me. It's okay to need help. And we see that here in the way the disciples respond to Jesus as they observe his own practice of prayer and say, Jesus, we want, we want you to teach us how to pray. So how does Jesus respond when we ask Jesus for help? Uh, verse 2, Jesus said to them, I'm too busy. You will figure it out. This is why you should bring your Bible to church, because that's not what it says, okay? Here's what it really says. He said to them, uh, we're going to see here that Jesus offers to his disciples two things. Here's the first thing. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. So Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? And this is Jesus' first response. He says, when you pray, say this. 
And some of you probably recognize this, right? We, we just prayed it together a few moments ago. This is what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer. This is at least a portion of what we pray each and every week in our weekend services. We pray it in each of our gatherings, six gatherings each weekend, 52 weeks a year, special services that we have. We pray the Lord's Prayer. Uh, when we get to this point in the service where we pray the Lord's Prayer, some of you, it's on the screen. Some of you don't know that because you got your eyes closed and you're not looking up, but you wouldn't need it anyways because you say it every week, 52 weeks a year. Maybe you've been saying it for a decade. You, you know this prayer. So the first thing that Jesus offers to his disciples is he gives them a prayer to pray. They come to Jesus saying, Lord, would you teach us to pray? And Jesus says, sure. Here is how to pray. Just say these words. He gives them a prayer. Just, just do this. Just say these words. Here, Jesus says, is a prayer. So what we might all do as we begin this series, we're talking about the mystery of prayer. We're talking about the misunderstandings around prayer. We might all just take a deep breath and then just let out a sigh of relief. Because what you may think prayer is, it's not actually what, what, what Jesus says. Uh, because some of you, you have this in your mind, that the reason that you struggle in prayer is because you just don't know how to pray, or you think you're just not really good at this whole thing called prayer. Like you've heard somebody else pray, and you're like, oh man, I wish I could pray like that. Man, that was good. That's so good. I bet God was, whoo, he was listening to that one because it was so good. You have this thought in your mind that the prayer has to sound a certain way. You have to say it in the right voice. You know, you can't just talk like normal. You got to be like, hello, God, it's me again. You know, you got to sound like James Earl Jones or Charlton Heston or something. You got to say it in the right pace. You got to have some alliteration in there or God just throws it away. You know, you, you have this false notion that it's got to be spontaneous you got to know the right words you got to know how to say them you got to know when to say them you have all of these ideas about what prayer has to be if you were to grow in your prayer life but the first thing Jesus says is here's where you can start just pray this just say these words he gives us he gives us a prayer to pray. If you need to remember this, if you need to just re remember releasing that anxiety and breathing that sigh of relief, here's, here's how you might think about it. That, that prayer is not your act in God's talent show. Isn't that how we think about it though? I mean, we hear a prayer, we're like, man, he is scoring some high points. I don't know if I can follow that. I don't know if I can do that. That's pretty good, you know. I, boy, I got to come up with something else to add to my act. I got to do something different with my hands. Maybe God will like that. This is really how we think about it. But Jesus starts by saying, hey, it's as simple. Just, just say these words. And do you know that that's okay? If you think to yourself, well, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to begin. You, you can pray the Lord's Prayer. You can start praying that prayer every single morning. When you get worried or stressed or, or you don't know where to turn, you, you could you just say the Lord's Prayer. Uh, if, if you ever come Thursday night to our Celebrate Recovery service, they also pray the Lord's Prayer at that service. Uh, but the other thing that they do is they pray the Serenity Prayer, beautiful prayer. Uh, they pray it every single week. 
Uh, people who are a part of that community on a regular basis, they not only pray it uh, as a part of their worship experience, but they, they learn to pray it in their own personal life. It's a beautiful prayer. God, give me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change. Beautiful prayer. You can just pray that. You just take those words. Just say them over and over again. And Jesus is saying, that's okay. Because this isn't some act. This isn't some, you don't have to dress this thing up. You don't have to say it in the, just the right way with just the right voice. Uh, if, you, if you want to see some more, I've, got, I've put on my blog just a couple of prayers. The, the Lord's Prayer, the Serenity Prayer. Uh, there you'll also find a prayer called the Wesley Covenant Prayer. A prayer that I find meaningful, that I often pray, pray in my life. You don't have to have the right words. You can find some words somewhere. And Jesus starts by saying, here. Just say this. Here's a prayer that you can pray. And that should lead us all to just breathing a sigh of relief. Oh, I don't have to say the right words. Jesus, Jesus starts by giving us the right words. It's not only a great place to start, this is also a great place for you to return to in your life. When you find yourself in your life unsettled or confused, you don't know what to turn, you don't know what to do, you don't know what to pray, well, that might be a great time to return to the Lord's Prayer. And just pray that. Pray it over and over again. Let that be the prayer of your heart and see how God speaks into your life. See what you learn in that process. Lord, Lord, I don't know the words to pray, so I'm just going to pray the words that you gave to me. I'm going to pray the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to pray the Covenant Prayer. I'm going to pray the Serenity Prayer. I'm going to pray what someone else may have written over the course of Christian history that expresses this relationship that we're seeking to live in here. And I'm going to, I'm going to take these as my words and share these words with you. You don't have to have the right words. You can use any words, uh, Jesus says, as he offers this prayer. So let's keep going. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and you say, because we all love friends who show up at our house at midnight, right? And say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, which I think is kind of funny because it's sort of like when somebody rings your doorbell and you're like, shh, nobody's here. You know, you tell everybody to be quiet. Uh, the person inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he, the person inside, will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you ask. So I say to you, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For, who, for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Some of you have the great joy of living in relationship uh, with someone who is prone to distraction. Does anybody have a relationship like that in your life? Someone whose mind and attention wanders? You, you, you have relationships with people like me who, when you try to talk to them, 
you realize that they are here and they are there and they're there and they're all over the place. They're, they're the people who, you know, butterfly. Oh, you know, the people who maybe in conversation really struggle with eye contact and focus and listening because their minds just jump all over the place. Be, don't, don't be hitting your spouse next to you. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Those people who are just prone to distraction. And I've, I've known for many years that this is one of my problems. But here's how God has helped me understand what I do to other people in my life. God gave my wife and I children. And my kids, my kids got this from me, especially my nine-year-old son. I mean, he is all over the place or, or locked in focused on what he's about. And, and so getting his attention, whew, it's, it's quite a challenge to get his attention. It starts with Jack, Jack, Jack. Jack, hello, look up here, hello, Jack, look over here, hey, Jack, hello, hello, Jack, over here, I'm talking to you, look at me while I'm, you know what I'm talking about? You have someone like this in your life? Uh, one of those uh, instances when this happens in our house is when Jack is playing video games, and, and you've seen this before too, the person who really doesn't want to give you their attention, and so they're playing the video game, and they hear you calling their name, and their eyes just get, the first step is their eyes just get big. They're not looking at you yet, but their eyes get big. And then they begin to turn their head without turning their eyes. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know? And then eventually they'll, they'll, they'll lock in focus. It's, it's hard to communicate with people like that, right? When they won't look at you, when they won't make eye contact, when they won't engage with you. And when you do, you also know, you also know how much more valuable that communication is when you look the other person in the eye, the, the closeness, the intimacy that you feel when you're able to make eye contact with someone as you are speaking to them and with them. It's a, it's a way of saying, I want you to see me. I want you to, while you're talking to me, I want you to see me. I want you to really see me and understand me and, and to hear me. And, and so this, this, the rest of this, what, what, what Jesus is offering here, let me, let me invite you to think about it this way. I want you to think about the person in your life that you care about and love and you treasure. And they're the person in your life whose welfare is constantly at the forefront of your attention. Uh, you, you just cannot help but think about, are they okay? How are they doing? How's life going for them? I wonder what's going on right now. Are, are, are they doing well? How's their relationship with their friends? Whatever it might be, that person in your life that your attention, your fo you just can't get away from them because you care about them. You worry about them. You want the best for them. And so they are constantly at the forefront of your attention. And what Jesus is saying here is if you can imagine, if you can imagine the capacity of your love and devotion and care for that person. If you could just wrap that all up and see how big it is. Jesus is saying that capacity, that size would only be 1% of 1% of 1% of how much God cares about you. You can't even fathom it. You can't even imagine it because at your very best, at, at when you are maxed out in the amount of care 
and concern that you have for that person in your life, you're not even close to how your heavenly father feels about you. So Jesus starts by by offering a prayer to pray, but then he gives us a picture of God. And the picture of God that Jesus gives here in answering this question that his disciples ask is not just a nice picture to make them feel better. I mean, it's not like, okay, you're stressed, so think about being in a garden. Because what the disciples asked was not, Jesus, would you like show us the mechanics of this? That, that, that's not why they asked Jesus how to pray. They want to know how Jesus prayed. And Jesus says, this is, this is how I pray. This is who I pray to. And this is what I think about. This is the picture of God. This is the God that Jesus knows. And it's the God that Jesus is challenging his disciples to pray to. If you want to pray, if you really want to pray, I want you to look at God. And I want you to see God as God really is. I want you to know God as God really is. Because God, God is this. God is the one whose, whose capacity, oh, it's way beyond your imagination. And at your fullness, you can't even fathom it. That's the care and the concern, the attention, the desire, the love that God has for you as your heavenly Father. And our prayer life will always experience frustration when we approach God or communicate with God as if he is not the heavenly father he is determined to be. So let me just give you an example of that so you can kind of wrap your head around what does that mean? It might sound like this, God, it's David again. I know, just give me a second. I know you're mad, okay? I know you really, you hold on to the lightning just for a moment, okay? I know you're very upset with me. I'm doing everything wrong. You would rather not spend any time with me, but I, you know, this is uncomfortable for me, so I would like my life to get better. So uh, God, uh, you're angry, you're mad, totally get it. I've messed up, yes, okay, but just could you, could you make it a little bit better? And I will promise I will do these 45 things just right because I know you're mad and I'm sorry and please forgive me. And um, it's David, by the way, okay, you know. That, that's how we sometimes pray. And it's sort of like when someone comes and shares with you and, 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 and in sharing with you, you're, you're thinking to yourself, who are they talking to? Don't they know me? Don't they know me? Don't they know me? So here's the big idea. Here, here's the obvious truth that I want you to think about as we begin this series, that talking with God works best when we really talk to God. Talking with God works best when we really talk to God. Not to this false picture of what we think God is like, but when we really talk to God, the God who uh, is determined to be for us the heavenly father who says, ask, seek, knock, share, be bold, come to me as one who loves and cares not as one who is distant and disinterested and, and angry. 
I'll give you a prayer to pray. This is a great place to start. But here's a picture. Here's a picture of the God that I pray to. This is what Jesus is saying. This is the God that I know. And this is the God that I'm inviting you to see. So we're going to end the message the same way we do every single week. We're going to end in prayer. And you know, I mean, that's kind of how we do things, right? I say, let us pray. And you start picking up and, you know, wake up the person next to you. But we're going to, a little bit different, okay? Here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to, I want to challenge, I want to give you just a moment to pray. And you can pray silently. Uh, You can, you can pray out loud if you want. You can grab your bulletin if you want to write some things down. Uh, you, can, you can pray by just having your Bible open, just, just reading that prayer that Jesus offers in, uh, in chapter 11, praying the Lord's Prayer. But I want, to, I want to invite you to pray in a very specific way. So because we're, we're all sort of prone to distraction, the first thing I want, to, want you to do is I want to invite, invite you just to close your eyes, just to limit the distractions around you. And I want to invite you to lean into something. I want you to think about that person in your life, the one who you care about the most, the one whose, whose welfare is at the forefront of your attention. And, and, and though I know that some of you, this is so far-fetched, it sounds really, really crazy, but just for a moment, I want, if that's where you are, I want to invite you just to pretend, just pretend for a moment that there is a God who wants to be for you a heavenly father. That there is a God who, when you add up all the care you have and all the concern you have for that person you love in your life, that that amount is only 1% of 1% of 1% of God's care for you. Just for a moment, consider it an exercise. Just pretend, if that's where you are, that there is a God, a heavenly Father who sees you that way. And as you think about that, I want to invite you to pray about two questions. The first question is this, if that is who God is, what do you want to say to God today? The second question is this, if this is who God is, what do you think God wants you to hear today?
holy and loving God. Today, I want to pray for our church. And I want to pray for every single person who is in any way connected to this church. Every single person who will be a part of one or more of these messages in the series, those who are going to show up to a small group in the next few weeks or maybe go to a class for the first time. People who are coming together to learn more about this practice that we all believe in, but most of us also, Lord, feel like we don't know how to do it. We don't feel confident in it. I pray, Lord, that you would enable the, the goal that we have to be a reality, that every single person would feel more confident, more capable, and that every single person, Lord, uh, in worship this weekend would be able to, to grab hold of this idea that it is okay to need help and that none of us, none of us have this all figured out. Lord, I know in my own life I do the same thing. I listen to someone else and I think, oh, wow, I wish I could do that. We look at others and we think, oh, I wish I could be that. I wish I could I'd help us to begin, Lord, with just being honest with you, being open with you. Maybe, maybe today, Lord, just saying, I need help. I admit it, I need help. Or maybe, Lord, just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I've... I'm sorry I've treated you like I'm sorry I've treated you like a God that you're not and I've missed the God that you are determined to be we want to talk to you we want to hear from you and so by your spirit Lord teach us and enable us to Enable us to do what we want to do, to share our hearts and our lives with you in prayer. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.